Hey, and welcome to The Living Stone, a digital ministry from Greystone Baptist Church in Raleigh, North Carolina. Here's this week's scripture reading and sermon. This morning we read another beautiful piece of scripture, Mary's song of praise from Luke 1, 46 through 55. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has looked with favor on the lowliness of his servant. Surely from now on all generations will call me blessed. For the Mighty One has done great things for me, and holy is his name. His mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy, according to the promise he made to our ancestors, to Abraham and to his descendants forever. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So there's nothing quite like starting Christmas Eve with children portraying the nativity story, is there? On the cover of your bulletin this morning, you will find a painting by our own Jill Pike. The painting represents more than 10 years worth of Greystone children portraying this nativity story. The children in the painting are not intended to be any particular child, but to be the spirit of the children. Their joy, their fidgety energy, probably a few nerves and worries about being in front of a crowd. The poem that accompanies this piece of art captures all of the emotions and energy. I really wish that I had thought to ask Annette to put this poem in your bulletin, Um, but I did not. So instead, I will read it to you. In the church, one can feel the anticipation as people gather for this holy celebration. A buzz of excitement is in the air while children assemble and begin to prepare. When the scripture is read from Luke chapter 2, the story's characters file in on cue. Shepherds in bathrooms with bathrobes, with towels on each head, angels with halos of gold tinsel and thread. A donkey and camels are painted on wood, and Gabriel the angel never looked so good. One jittery shepherd drops his staff, then hand over mouth, he stifles a laugh. A little lamb sucking his thumb as he watches to see who else will come. Another waves wildly in his woolly suit, spying his mama, he lets out a hoot. One angel taught in a gown of white silk holds a bottle to give baby Jesus some milk. A wise man arrives, his ears bent down from wearing an oversized cardboard crown. Two others follow and tightly hold their gifts in boxes of silver and gold. Mary and Joseph on bales of hay gaze at the baby wrapped in cloths of gray. Away in a manger is sung sweetly off-key with childlike wonder and sincerity. Jesus said that to enter his kingdom, we must be like a child in our faith and our trust. A more sacred sight you will never see when you witness a children's nativity.
For me, part of the beauty and allure of a children's nativity is how the memories of yesterday dance with the hopes of tomorrow. When we see the children take the stage, those with older or grown children remember when their children were little and donned costumes and bathrobes to be wise men, shepherds, and angels. Or maybe our minds drift back to our own younger days when we were the ones fidgeting with angel wings or wielding a shepherd's crook. As our minds drift back to former days of nativity pageants past, we see our current little ones before us. We delight in where they are in their growth as individuals and how through their participation in this moment, they are developing a deeper understanding of the story that they portray. It will be years before they fully understand the magnitude and significance of that first Christmas night. But in this moment, we as the onlookers can see the bright future of these little ones. We see the hope that they bring into our world and into our church. We can imagine their growing faith and the difference that each will make in our world. It's been a while since I've seen my oldest, soon to be 16, as a shepherd, but I will treasure the memories of him holding tightly to that staff forever. My youngest just turned 13, and I can still see her as an adorable preschool-aged angel. She was up here this morning, but helping the little ones. Both kids are teenagers now. That's the first time I've said that out loud. She just turned 13 a few days ago. Um, with a faith of their own. But part of that faith formation happened right here, doing exactly what these little ones did for us today. So with two teenagers in the house, it is not hard to imagine that my home is filled with music, often. But unlike many other homes of teens, rather than the sounds of the latest pop music or country or rap or whatever, our home is more often than not filled with the sounds of Broadway and aspiring Broadway songs. Whether we are talking about classic Broadway stage shows like Newsies and Fiddler on the Roof and Annie and um, Phantom of the Opera, or the animated musicals that fill the big screen like Frozen and Moana and Wizard of Oz, you have to admit that musicals, y'all, they're kind of weird. People are talking and then all of a sudden they burst into song often accompanied by a fully choreographed dance routine. This isn't normal, right? The sudden singing and dancing, this isn't something that many of us encounter on a regular basis. In fact, there are even musicals that make fun of musicals. Um, and the oddity that they are when it comes to this sudden outburst of song and dance. So unless you live with theater people, or maybe musicians, these sudden outbursts of emotion put to song don't really happen, right? But in an odd sort of way, that's exactly where we find ourselves in scripture this morning. Well before Rodgers and Hammerstein or Stephen Sondheim or Andrew Lloyd Webber, there was the unscripted, unrehearsed, real life outburst of song from Mary young and pregnant in an unconventional and unprecedented way, young Mary had just walked into the home of her cousin Elizabeth. Teeming with news of her own, Mary surely wanted to see if what the angel said about Elizabeth being with child in her advanced years was really true. These two cousins, 
both expecting miracles who would change the world, greet each other. John leaps in Elizabeth's womb at the news of Mary's pregnancy. And being of great faith, Elizabeth believes Mary's words, and she offers her her a blessing, affirming Mary's great faith and her blessedness among women as she is carrying God's own son. And upon hearing this blessing offered to her by her cousin, Mary's response is to burst into song. A song of faith proclaiming the greatness of God. A song of joy. My soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. A song of hope. He has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. It was a song of liberation. He has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things. Reverend Cecilia D. Armstrong describes Mary's song in this way. Mary sings of a new world order. Based on past experiences with God, her joy is found in remembering what the world has the potential to be based on the presence of God in all things. God has shown strength. God has scattered the proud. God has brought down the powerful. God has lifted the lowly. God has filled the hungry. God has helped those who have served God according to the promise made to Abraham. God has already done things that should allow a weary world to rejoice. And Mary proclaims this in her song of hope and in her song of justice, joy, and a righteous peace. Mary's song was surely not accompanied by a pit crew of brass and woodwind and stringed instruments and was likely not accompanied by a full choreography and an ensemble of dancers. But I wonder if she had a pep in her step when she sang. Sometimes you just can't contain your joy. Like a child on Christmas morning, I wonder if her joy was shown upon her face to the point of being contagious. Often in musicals, when a character sings a song, they need to hear the words as much as they need the audience to hear them. Their spoken words serve as reassurance or advice to themselves. As Annie sings tomorrow, she hopes for a better day and reminds herself that it could be as close as tomorrow. As onlookers, we join her in that hope, but as she hears her own words, she gains the courage and strength to face her hard knock life. As Jasmine and Aladdin sing about a whole new world, they each dream of their own kind of freedom and for their individual self-worth to be seen differently than society sees it. Their hope is palpable as they sing. I wonder if Mary needed to hear her own words of hope as much as those around her needed to hear them. After all, the world was a pretty weary place at the time and they needed a reason to rejoice. But Mary, she had the thrill of hope so deep within her that it bubbled all the way up to her vocal cords where she couldn't help but to burst into song. She sang of what God had already done and was doing in the world, and she sang of her hope for further liberation for the oppressed. Her words offered insight to any who heard them, and even many great generations later, as we read them, but they also probably offered her reassurance 
and courage to face those that she knew that would not be as thrilled about her news as she was. Even in her weary world, she was full of the thrill of hope. Mary wasn't the first in the Bible to be overwhelmed with so overwhelmed with joy that she sang. Zechariah before her burst into song when his voice returned at the birth of his son. Hannah sang at the birth of Samuel, all full of the thrill of hope. So I wonder what brings you the thrill of hope? If you were to write your own song of hope, what would your lyrics be? I see some blank stares. Maybe you're not a singer. Not every song has to have lyrics. Sometimes our song comes in the laughter and squeals of delight. Sometimes it comes in big grins and twinkling eyes. Sometimes our songs of joy fall from our eyes in the form of joyful tears. So what would your song of joy look like or sound like? I hope that this Christmas there are moments where you are so full of the thrill of hope. Hope for yourself, hope for your family, hope for our church, hope for our world, for God's work in this world that you burst into song. And if that song is accompanied by dancing, I hope that somebody near you either joins in or grabs a camera and hits the record button. Maybe, just maybe, if we capture some of this hope and share it with those around us, we can give Lin-Manuel Miranda a run for his money or at least make someone smile. Hope is to be shared. Seeing each of you here this morning brings me hope. Seeing our kids up here bring the stories of our faith to life brings me hope. So go from here and look for hope in the cracks of our weary world. And I hope that it is so overwhelming that you can't help but sing, shout, and share it with those around you.